Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Morning, everybody. Hey, if you haven't seen Afia's uh, little hunting cap, you need to see that before you go today. I'm telling you what, that's the cutest thing on the front. It says, uh, hunting for hugs. <laughs> so uh, I'm telling you what, that's a... Uh, I should get one of those for me, man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Afia, that's a neat hat. Who got that for you, Afia? Did your, did your daddy get that for you? Afia, did, did your daddy get that hat for you or did your mommy? Oh, Grandma. She's probably got her own hat. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. All right. Hey, well, I got some uh, announcements this morning, but let's go ahead and do the uh, uh, words of encouragement once again. Uh, very exciting. Miss Jamie. I'm so glad you're here this, this morning, Miss Jamie. We have two for you. All right, so you're right on the top. Here we go. Uh, you are very sweet. I love your hugs. You are an incredible person. You are such a sweet. How many can get an amen to this one? You have such a sweet personality. Amen? All right. Woo! Give it up for Jamie. Yeah, there you go. All right. I've never gotten one of those sweet personality ones. <laughs> Okay. Oh, here's one. Bill, so thankful for your sweet personality. What? No, just kidding. <coughs> yeah, right. Okay. Bill, so thankful for your humble leadership and hard work uh, for the kingdom. That's cool. No sweet personality, though. Uh, uh, Ellie and Emma, you have to tear this one apart. I love you. I love how you two absorb so much in Bible class. You two are great at learning and are growing in wisdom. So you can tear that in half and give half to Ellen. That'd be great. Woo-hoo! All right. So uh, these are two well-deserving gents, and I would add uh, also Ken Weibert to this illustrious group of servants. Jeff Sharon for leading the way with the building, sharing your talent and tools with the body uh, of Christ, even if you are the only one to show. So uh, I'll tell you what, the beauty of the, the building as it's being transformed, uh, Jeff has taken that on. And Jeff, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking that on. It makes us look good. And, and so now we got to be good, right? <laughs> All right. So Ben, for sharing your talents and excitement for the church with us and getting, I'm going to add, getting up on that thing as it bounces around at 60 feet in the air. I won't say on, 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 on Facebook Live that you took anybody who was very young up there and freaked them out, but that's okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's, that's pretty sweet stuff. So let's get some two announcements. Uh, tonight we're going to have evening assembly right here, and we're going through an, a series on uh, the pastoral epistles, beginning with First Timothy. 
So hope you can make it tonight, 7 o'clock. It's a nice, uh, wonderful uh, group. Uh, Monday night, uh, uh, college age group, 545 to 7.30. Uh, Jeff Trillinger is going to be finishing up his lesson on love, and so excited about that. And uh, the preacher promises to be quiet and listen uh, this coming Monday evening for those who are there. Uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, preamble of the Constitution and how every phrase has a biblical foundation to it. It's pretty amazing. Now, we know that the Constitution was not inspired of God, but it was written by men who believed that the Bible was God's word. So I hope that you can make it. It will be uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at Tamara's place. So hopefully you can make it. If not, we are online, Facebook Live. Uh, Thursday, Lady Study at Melissa Park's place, 7 o'clock. And next Sunday, next Sunday, the 18th, um, we're going to have, is it, is it the 18th next Sunday? Okay, 18th. Next Sunday, the 18th, uh, there's going to be our, potentially our last pumpkin spice holiday bazaar planning. It's not bazaar planning, but we're planning for the holiday bazaar. Although it might be bazaar planning if you've been there. So uh, anyway, right after the assembly, Next uh, next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but the following, we're going to have uh, our uh, family fellowship dinner. And uh, if Tamara is so kind as to allow her home to be invaded, we'll invade your home. That's a yes. I saw the smile. or Yeah, that was a smile. And, uh, and uh, shaking the head, that's good. That wasn't a grimace. That was a smile. It was a very sweet <laughs> smile. Uh, and November 7th, November 7th, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. For all those in Facebook land, it's November 7th, and it's going to be a great time. And uh, man, there's some really cool uh, holiday gift-giving ideas, and and uh, I'm doing some interesting new stuff, kind of out of my comfort zone, and, and so uh, who knows what you're going to find. But as in years past, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm very excited about that. And for those of you who'd like to grab a save-the-date card, or 10 or 20, I have uh, 500 of them. If you want to grab some and share them with people that you know that might be interested uh, in this, uh, there's some out there and I have more in my car. And I also have a, a fact sheet, kind of an informational background. Why are we doing what we're doing? And uh, 100% of the net proceeds going to supporting the orphans and uh, some of the disenfranchised young ladies in Belarus. And so especially now more than ever, uh, with everything going on over there, they really do need our support. And I've been getting requests almost weekly. And we don't have the resources yet, but we will. So if you would like to uh, help out and let people know, that would be fantastic. I sure would appreciate it. Now, have I missed anything? Any announcements? All right. Um some of you have gotten this into your mailbox. It's a voter's pamphlet. And uh, I just get crazy around this time of year. Do you get crazy? I just turn off everything. I don't want to listen anymore. It's just a bunch of ads that don't tell the truth anyway, right? And so let me encourage you to read the voter's pamphlet. And, and don't look at the person. Man, I mean, we could pick each of those candidates apart if we wanted to, and most people do. Look at the platform and their performance. Look at their platform and look at their performance. 
Don't look at the person. Neither of them are very good to look at. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it's kind of hard sometimes. But and I know I'm not either. So I'm not, I'm just, you know, equal playing field here. But, but look at their platform. What do they believe in? What are they, what are they saying they're going to do? Now we know they're politicians, so. But what do they say they're going to do? And then look at their performance. What have they done? That's how you should do it. These people squealing about Trump's hairdo, which they could, and, uh, and uh, squealing about whatever. You know what? Don't vote for person. Vote for platform and their performance. That's what you should do. And if you use your faith as a guide, then it will help you decide who. My prayer, that's what you would do. And turn off the television, the radio. My goodness gracious. The stuff on there is just scary. Just a word of encouragement. All right. So now we can move on to the more important things. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn to the book of Acts. We're not turning to Psalms this morning. Shocker. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And uh, we're going to read verse 17 through 19. This is the Apostle Peter's second uh, gospel sermon. Uh, after he had a great sermon on the day of Pentecost, he now preaches another great. Everybody circle around listening to him uh, because of what he, he did in healing a man that was lame from birth. And everybody came to listen to him and he preached another great gospel sermon. Listen to just a few, a few statements he makes. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but uh, the last two weeks have been absolutely a nightmare for me, and, and I so needed to remember the presence of the Lord, the times of refreshing. And as I was studying to prepare for this lesson, it's like, wow, why didn't I study for this lesson two weeks ago? Who know the bombs that were going to come? And, and, well, of course, spiritual bombs I'm talking about. And so, and of course, I succumbed to them, you know, took my eyes off to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, you know, and it's so easy to do. By the way, I was going to tell you, that was a great lesson this morning. How many thought what he shared this morning to set the lesson up? I mean, that really got under my skin right now. How many would agree Logan did a great job this morning? Well, come on. How many think you did a good job this morning? Wow. You know why you did a good job? Because they didn't want to clap because they have their own little, you know, whatever you did. What did you call yourself up here? Uh, not a something junkie? What is it? A tool junkie? A gear junkie. Okay. A gear junkie. I've been known to be a deer junkie. So anyway, uh, that was great. Excellent job. We need to know that we need to focus on the Lord because there's power in his presence. And we're always in his presence, and he's always present in us. But if we don't know that, we can be taken advantage of, right? We can be drawn away by things of this world. 
And that's not a bad thing because a righteous man takes care of his beasts. And I've heard that truck is a real beast. And so, you know what? It's okay to do that, but it should not become our all in all, right? And I know that's what you're talking about. That's great. But I want to look at another passage of scripture about the, the importance of his presence. The importance of times of refreshing. We are in a very important time of refreshing right now. All the prophets spoke of this time of refreshing that you and I are in. And you know, Christians don't necessarily think about being in times of refreshing because of all the craziness going on in the world. But we need to know that there are times and a time of refreshing right now. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11 spoke of our being in his presence seated in heaven. I wanted us to know that. But now in this last quarter of this theme, the third law of momentum, the power of presence, I want us to understand that we are in a time and a season in humanity where the refreshing of God is ever present in us and we can possess it and manifest it. This last two weeks, I did a terrible job. And you want to know why? Is because I forgot. It's easy to forget with all the stuff going on in the world right now. I heard it even this morning on the news. I thought you said to turn off the news. I'm sorry. I just, okay. The guy said, a historical unprecedented time. And then he goes on with a bunch of adjectives describing how terrible it was. Click. That's the last thing I needed to hear. Tell me I'm living it, okay? Shut up. So my point is, is that as a Christian, we need to remember who we are and we need to remember who is in us and what it means to be in this time of refreshing. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians in chapter one. This has been established for thousands of years. The prophets spoke of the time of refreshing that you and I are in. In fact, they desperately wanted to live in this time of refreshing. They desperately wanted to know who it was that was going to provide this time of refreshing. And in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 7 through verse 11, the times, the times of refreshing are spoken of here. Beginning in verse 7. In him, in Christ, you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of your trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in Christ. Now verse 10, with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of the times. Very important phrase. To the administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. You see, we've obtained an inheritance, but we've been given the down payment of that inheritance, and that down payment is the Holy Spirit in us. 
Christ in us. Christ is ever present in us. And Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 is talking about the Lord's presence in our body who will deliver us and give us times of refreshing. That's what I want to begin with this morning. This is the first lesson of many to finish out this year and this theme, the third law of momentum, the power of presence. We're going to be camping in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, and we're going to expand out from there. And so I'm glad you're here this morning. We're launching into a new series on the power of Christ's presence. We have to remember we're always seated with him in the heavenly places, but now we're going to focus on Christ in us, the power of the refreshing that he provides. And so let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time, and I pray that you'll bless our time as we study your word. Help us to recognize the three important terms that are listed in this passage of scripture of Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin. Look at point number one, defining the times the Lord has given us. And notice it's the word times. And I want to define that word and then tell you a little bit about what is actually being spoken of in the context here. And so if you'd like to take a few notes, I'd really appreciate that. It's going to be very important for you in, in lessons down the road. When we talk about this time, very special time God created, this time of refreshing for Christians only. Let's begin. The, the, I couldn't find it in the book or the, the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance because there's so many Greek words, time, that they just put it way in the back in the appendix and there's a million of them. And so I had to use two other Greek dictionaries to determine what does this word actually mean? And you're saying, well, it's just a word. Times of refreshing. It means so much. It means a season. It means a time period. And so the word uh, there, keros, means a specified measure of time. Whether large or small, it's a specified measure of time. And this measure of time, the refreshing of the Lord, started on the day of Pentecost. And the refreshing of the Lord is going to go until the very last day of the physical creation when we're taken up into heaven. But this time of refreshing is only granted to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not granted to those outside. And so we're going to look up the word refreshing and we're going to look up the word presence, but now we're looking at this word time. In Thayer's, it means a specified measure of time uh, of large or smaller portion. It's rather interesting. I was thinking about this. I'm getting older. My brother, when he turned 60, he went, you know, when I hurt things, they don't heal so quick. When I do things that I did when I was 20, I used to not even feel it the next day. He says, I feel it for the next week. And so I am transitioning into this time of my life. And I don't know when I transitioned into this time of my life, but it is truly a time. For those of you who are 60 or more, you're saying, I know all about this time. I'm living this time. I can't wait till you get... Now, there might be a time at 70, right? And I don't know, but it's definitely a time right now. And you know what's really weird? I used to joke around about being statistically uh, statistically being gone at 72. 
and, and, and F by strength, 80 or 82. You know, I used to joke about that. Have you noticed I haven't been joking about that much anymore? <laughs> wow. And so when you use the word, it's my time, that word is keros. <laughs> so I'm in a time right now, and I've noticed some young bucks that are the, the, the teen and 20-something, they're in a time too, a very interesting time. Did you know when I was in that time, I was doing things that I thought, no big deal, because I never felt it the next day. The sad thing, that time in my life is being experienced now at this time in my life. When I go hiking, my knees are killing me. They didn't hurt back then, but now they do. And the doctor said, what did you do when you were a kid? Well, I went skiing like crazy. He says, you know, those were crazy times, weren't they? And I go, they were fun times. He goes, not so much now, right? And I go, yeah, you're right. See, that's what this word times means. It's a time period that is characterized by certain things. And so we all, as Christians, are in a time of refreshing if we understand it. And it goes across the age. So whether you're 60 and groaning, or, or, uh, or for physical, or a teens and groaning for something emotional or whatever. It's, it's, it's across the board. It can be refreshing times. And that's what I want to work on. But you know, Vines, the book, the, the uh, Greek dictionary, Vines gave me another definition I thought was really excellent about times. Uh, a season, a time, a period possessed by certain characteristics. A season possessed by certain characteristics. You know, I love the autumn season. It's a time of year. Many like the holidays. It's a wonderful time of year. See, we need to understand that word time is huge in this passage of scripture. It's huge. And if we just pass it by, oh yeah, times of refreshing. No, it's been designed and planned and given to us by God through the indwelling presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. If you don't understand it, then you'll be easily drawn away like I was the last two weeks. And maybe some of us right now are, are drawn away and distracted by whatever is going on. And, and that is one of the things that these two eyeballs and these ears can get you in trouble with. Because they're sensors. They're sensing things. But we have a sensor. It's called the eyes of the heart so that we might see the hidden things of God and know them and embrace them. So I'm asking you to see with the eyes of your heart this morning a season that is unseeable with the physical eyes, but is knowable with the spiritual eyes. A season of refreshing. If you know that you're in that season, you should ask the question, what's it like? Because I'm not sure I'm there. That's okay. That's all right. Because it's something that you need to learn and know. And then you can possess it and live it. And so let's now turn to point number two. Point number two. Defining the refreshing that the Lord has given by plan. Before the foundation of the world, it says in the book of Ephesians. Before the foundation of the world, he pre-planned the time of refreshing. That would come with the indwelling presence of Jesus Christ. And so, brethren, you and I are in that 
plan that time? What does it look like? Well, we're going to spend many Sundays talking about what that looks like, but I want to define the word refreshing here. It's pretty awesome. And so when I looked up the word refreshing in the Strong's, and I want you to write these down because, again, we're going to build on these in the weeks to come. But I want to get you a little excited because I got excited when it comes to the concept of refreshing. And I'll give you some examples I think you can really get your, your uh, grippers on. You know what I'm saying? And so the word refreshing, there's two words there. One is the word used here in, in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and then it's root word. And I'm going to blend them together because they're so closely tied together. And you can do your own study. So in the Strong's, it means a, a recovery of breath. How many of you have been working so hard doing whatever you're doing? Oh, man, I'm just out of breath. And you go to sit down, and uh, and uh, your wife, like my lovely wife, comes out with a, a sparkling seltzer, ice cold sparkling seltzer, and I'm sweating like bullets, you know. And, and she, she, I love my wife. She comes out, and I sit down, and there's a little cool breeze, and I start drinking that bubbly, and it's like, oh wow, I'm in heaven for a second, man. Anybody ever have that experience before? Or am I the only one? It's absolutely amazing. That is a time of refreshing, and it's just a blip. But man, sometimes there's a lot of emotion in that. There's some like, wow, it's euphoric almost. How many know what I'm talking about? It's really like, wow, that is, spiritually speaking, what it can be. So a recovery of breath to relieve or refresh. I was out with my son, uh, uh, Ryan, and uh, Titus was over, and uh, we decided to split wood in the afternoon a couple weeks ago. Was it last week? It was last week. Super hot sun. You know, no big deal. It was a big deal, man. These guys are going at it. And I'm just like, and uh, my wife came out. I love my wife. So anyway, so I let the young dudes do their thing, and I sat there like a 62-year-old in-season guy. And... Uh, enjoyed the rest and so in Thayer's it says a cooling refreshment a cooling refreshment um to cool again in fact the the actual word there anna means back to go back to okay and so to go back to a refreshing time to cool again to recover from the effects of heat I'm telling you, how many of you have ever had so much pressure in your job? It's like the heat is on. Remember that uh, movie? The heat is on. Anybody remember that one? Oh. Okay, good. I love that song. Okay. I don't remember the movie. I just remember the song. Man, you know, when you're in the job and the heat is on, it's not fun. The pressure's on and you're sweating spiritual, emotional bullets. You know what I'm saying? And then when you get it done and you turn it in and your boss says, well, that was great, you go, you know what? It's that emotional, uh, you're lifted off your shoulders. You know what I'm talking about? It's That's what we're talking about here. It, it is something deep inside of you. It's a contentment that can't be explained. It's a tranquility that can't be explained. It's a, oh man, I'm so thankful that can't be explained. You know, when I was immersed into Christ, and I came up out of that water. There was a there was a weight lifted off of me, and it was a spiritual weight. 
that the scripture talks about. The fever heat of summer is what sin and iniquity does to you. That's the description in Psalms. The fever heat of summer crushing you. And when I was immersed into Christ, the sins were washed away and the fever heat of summer went away and I was refreshed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit entered into my life. Because I'd become a Christian. I was stepping into his plan of refreshment. Why does the devil steal that away from us? That wonderful, oh, all is well. I'm finally out of the weeds, out of the sin, out of the mess. How come we don't experience that every day, every way? Why? I know why. The devil hates it when Christians are free. The devil hates it when Christians don't, ex or loves it when the Christian doesn't experience that. If you're there right now, I pray you'll listen to the lessons to come. Man, I am digging in. You're saying, you're that bad off? No, I just have not fully understood it. I want it bad. I want that refreshing every moment. I'm hoping you do too. Every moment. Well, take a look. A cooling uh, refreshment to cool off again, to recover from the effects of heat. Vines, write down if you want to jot something down there for vines in your little note sheets there. Vine says uh, to make cool again. Well, we already saw that one. The word Anna in the Greek word A-N-A -A, means uh, to go back. To go back. That's where you get the idea of again, to cool off again. There was a time when you were refreshed, by the way. Is everybody listening out there? There was a time in your life when you lived a refreshing life. Every day was exciting and filled with excitement and ooh, a frog, ooh, cool. Let's go check out that frog. And then it was like, go oh, and pick him up. And, and of course, you know, that's when you were seven if you were a kid like me. Oh, stick it in my mouth. It feels what it tastes like. Oh. Okay, you're saying that was your times of refreshing? Sorry, that was kind of, I was a kid that was, I was tactile and visual and sense. And I was like, the world is big and I wanted to get it all. And it was all exciting and I couldn't wait to get outside and I had to clean my room. And it was, that was a time of refreshing. I was so alive. You're saying that's because you were a kid and you didn't know better. You ever seen young Christians when they, they fully, they finally realize, oh, my sins are forgiven. And they're all excited and they're, they're all in there going out telling everybody and man, you and Kevin do this and do that and then something happens. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Something happened. What happened? The devil is ugly. The devil is sick. The devil wants to steal that refreshing from you. And so we, there was a time when we were refreshed. We were, I remember going out in the woods and the smells were so real. I mean, good smells. And the sounds were so amazing. And the feel and the cool. And I was so alive and I lost it. I lost it. If you're not getting the message, I, I pray that you get this message. You know, as children, the Bible says as children, we are saints. But then we grow up and we embrace sin and then we die in our sins and our trespasses. Children don't need to become Christians. 
children are already beloved of God. Unless you become as a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Isn't that what it says? And it says that Jesus at 12 years old, man, that guy was one smart guy. He could have been a professor at any one of our Bible colleges and put all those boys to shame. He was down in the temple and he was working those doctors of the law over at 12 years old. But notice, he recognized after his mom and dad caravans back, and what are you doing? Three days! It's preaching to the guys in the in the temple. Well, get in the caravan. We gotta go home. And Jesus, as a 12-year-old, says, came under the authority and subjection of his parents and went. Right? The father and the mother are a covering, the scripture says, for the children. But what happens when they become adults and they step out from under that covering? They become a target, don't they? And then they get nailed by the devil. There was a time when I was a kid, man, life was wonderful. It was always an adventure. And now as an adult, it's not so much of an adventure. More of, you know, nightmare here and there. Wow. But you in Christ can have hope in a time of hopelessness. You can have great courage in a time of great travail. You can have great excitement in times when everybody else is like, oh. How many have ever been to a Zoom meeting before? Anybody besides me? Come on, raise your hand. Who's been to a Zoom meeting? Those are the most deadly meetings I've ever been to. They are. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, I hope nobody from Springfield Chamber of Commerce is watching right now. I once said after about a month and a half, I go, you're on candid camera, smile. And they all looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, you, and I said this honestly to them, I said, you should see what you look like on your screen right now. And they went, before they were like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, they were. How many have ever been on Zoom? You know, people don't know you're looking at them. So they're like, And they're doing all sorts of stuff on the screen, and they're not listening to you. And when you get up to speak, like you can 2D, it's like they're like, how many saw the, the commercial 1984 in 1984 about the new Macintosh computer by Apple? Did anybody see that? Oh my goodness, Google it. Not right now. Not during my sermon. Google it. It's the most amazing commercial you've ever seen. It, don't do that. You're looking... Don't, it was amazing. Do it afterwards. Google Macintosh 1984 commercial. It's so amazing. Everybody on the flat screen in Zoom meetings is like the people in the audience in that, in that advertisement. They're like this. I, I'm telling you, when you see somebody smiling on a Zoom meeting, message them. I love your smile. Keep smiling. You're making me happy. I'm scared to death by what I say on everybody else's faces. You could do that. Why are you saying that? I'm saying that because the devil takes away our joy and we can be 3D and look like that. We can be 3D and our, our life is like that. And people are going, oh, that looks like it's fun being a Christian. I want to be one of those. Not. You have power and influence if you are in that time of refreshing. We can have that. That's what I'm going to be talking about the next several weeks. I hope that you'll come back.
And if you can't make it, I hope you'll listen in. And I hope our technology works. Last point. The last point. And this one's an old point. We've heard it before, but I just want to review. And I did more digging. Did more digging for this point. So there's some exciting things in it as well. So take a look. Defining the presence of the Lord. Prosopon. Uh, 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 Prosopon. Uh, in Strong's it says, looking at the face or, or to turn towards the face. That's what it means in the Hebrew. In the Greek, it means to look at the front of the face at the countenance. At the countenance. What's countenance? Does anybody know? I was just kind of making fun of some folks. Their countenance on the flat screen. That's countenance. Okay? But, you know, countenance, you can read people by their face. How many would agree with me with that statement? You can read people. How many know that words in communication is about 10% of the meeting? The facial expression is anywhere between 60 and some odd percent. And what you say, meaning how you say it, is the other filler, whatever that is, about 30%. Right? So, so what you say, the words, 10%. How you say the words, about 30%. But your visual, nonverbal, is 60%. And so people can tell by your face, your eyes are the window of the soul. You know the Greek word here? Thayers says, to have one present in person, face to face, eye to eye. You want to jot that down. That's huge. The word presence, the presence of the Lord. That word there is to have him in your presence, in person, face to face, eye to eye. You're saying, where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? I don't see him face to face. Yes, I do. I see the Lord face to face right here. I appreciate Christ in you because you're using your gifts to be a blessing to the body of Christ and you're using your gifts to be a blessing to me. I'm talking about Scott in our congregation, but I could talk about almost anybody in this congregation. You see, how many know this verse? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, in this body, I live by the faith of Christ, the faith of the Son of God, the one who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So if you know anything about Scott, Scott has been growing in Christ like crazy. I'm so thankful for this man. And the growth I've seen and the continued growth I know will come in this man. But I've seen that in you as well. I mean, I remember first time that Logan got up here to speak. Do you? I do. And talk about the growth. This morning when he got up, he commanded the podium. And he used a great illustration to suck you right in. You didn't even know you were getting sucked in. I know you got sucked in because I was looking around at faces and people were smiling. <laughs> yeah. Lars had a big grin on his face. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, man. Isn't that true? I know that because I see your face about split your head right open. I say, 
Whoa, hold on, Lars. He was bought in. You did that. You've grown. There's power there. We need to understand something here. The refreshment will help you to grow and become what God has called you to be for the body of Christ. And when you look at each other, you can see Christ in you and you can see Christ in me. That's really what it's supposed to be. I want that for you and I want that for me. It's interesting. The word countenance is used in Strong's. It's used in Thayer's. And it's used in vines, countenance. What is countenance? Here it is. The face by its very movements and changes revealing the inward thoughts and feelings of the heart. Let me say that again. This is how it was defined in the uh, Thayer's countenance. The face by its various movements and changes revealing the inward thoughts and feelings of the heart. Now, last Monday night, Jeff brought an awesome lesson at, for the college age group. And I think the young people reading my countenance knew I got a little excited. What are you laughing about? <laughs> When Julie starts to giggle, you know somebody's excited in the audience. And I wasn't necessarily excited in a good way because all of a sudden everything I thought was right was being challenged. Yeah, I got excited like that too. Anyway, so, man, all of a sudden I was going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? I had a week to stew on what was shared. I sure do appreciate my brother Jeff. He's a deep thinker. He's awesome. He's a great teacher. I appreciate him. And he's patient. How many of you know that I am pretty headstrong? He calls me a bulldog is what you call me. Isn't that right? And so I've been chewing on my convictions. I'm chewing on my convictions. I'm not going to share my convictions tomorrow night with the kids. I'm going to let Jeff finish the lesson the way he needed to finish the lesson. But I tell you what, you can tell by a, the countenance on a face. That's why it's so important to look at somebody in the eye. Right, Andrew? You know, it's really great having Andrew over at our house for dinner several nights in a row. Man, getting to know this guy, he's a great guy. Carly, you're smart. That's all I got to say. You're smart. Okay. And Andrew, you're smart too. Okay. But see, you know this guy. He's a good guy. Not that it needed my approval, but I approve. Okay? It's going to be great. So it's really important for us to recognize. You've got to look people eyeball to eyeball. You know what? You want to grow? You've got to look God eyeball to eyeball. you got to listen to God. That's so important. It's right here. You know it says to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Isn't that what it says? Set your mind on things above not on things that are on the earth. Isn't that what it says? Spiritual eyes, brethren, looking into the spiritual face of Jesus Christ so that you and I can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can show Christ in our lives instead of show the world. We're supposed to be refreshed. Can you imagine having the coach always say, 
Great job. Great job. Great job. That was awesome. That was awesome. Even when you kind of fumbled around. That's how Christ is. Oh, by the way, you want to do better next time? Well, of course, coach. I want to do better next time. Let me give you this little idea. I love it when he does that for me. Finally, Vine says, and this is absolutely blows you away. Vines has the same concept. The word here in the Greek, uh, pros is the first Greek word. It's two actually two words smashed together. The word pros means towards. Pros, to, to towards something. You're looking towards something. Now, I know that the word looking is in there because the word ops, O-P-S, is actually the Greek word for optical or eyeball. And so we're actually supposed to look eyeball to eyeball. Why? Because how many have ever heard, and you've heard me say this before, but it's so important, the eyes are the windows of the soul. How many of you know that these masks really stink? I hate them. But I do it. I can't get them over my ear. i got to get bigger ears. So when I'm, when I'm in close counters, I'll use this mask, especially with good brothers that uh, are masked up too because of uh, uh, lung stuff, right? And so, so important for us to understand that my glasses get fogged up. It's important for us to understand that you can know someone's smiling even though their mouth is covered. How many know I'm talking about? And you can know when they're angry. When their mouth is covered. And you can know when they're sad. When their mouth is covered. In other words, your eyes communicate what's in the heart. And so you need to recognize when you look to Jesus and you're looking at him and what he's doing and what he's saying. You're not just listening. You're looking to Jesus in the pages of the New Testament. You can actually see who he is and how he responds and treats people. And that is going to come back to you. When you walk like Jesus, when you talk like Jesus, when you live like Jesus, people will see Christ in you. Did you ever notice the Bible says that Jesus was ugly? It says that. And yet, people flocked to him. He was not a rock rock and roll star. He, he was not a politician. He was none of those things. He didn't have big degrees. He didn't own a big company. He was a poor man. And yet, people flocked to him. What was it about Jesus? There was something about him. It was his countenance. It was his person. And so we need to look to Jesus so we can be like him. And then people will be drawn, not to us. Don't get it wrong. It will be drawn to Jesus Christ. That's the power of his presence in us. And that's the power of a refreshed life. And so let's learn about refreshing. And let's look to Jesus so that we can show the great refreshing, the great newness of life that we've been given in him. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Holy Father, for the amazing blessing of your word. You know, I when I was getting ready um, for this series a long time ago, uh, 
Acts chapter 3, verse 19 kept jumping off the page at me and as, as I was reading the presence passages. And I'd go to it every once in a while and look at it. And, but man, when I was doing the study, it just really is a powerful anchor passage. I want to know this time that I live in. It has nothing to do with all the garbage going on in the world. It has everything to do with what's going on in the spiritual places. And it has everything to do with the refreshing that you've given through your spirit, the indwelling presence of you and your son in my body. I want to know what that refreshing is. And I want to be able to show it to the world so that people would be drawn to you and not me. That should be our prayer. Father, help me to draw people to you as they see this time of refreshing that you've given to me in my life. Father, help us to pray that prayer. Help us to live his life and help us to change the world as Christ changes us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Stand up, please, and listen up. Jesus says to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great Sunday. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.